Let's get ready to podcast. Well, hi, welcome to the Lena, Aaron, Tim, Let's show. We are really excited to uh, talk computer science, digital citizenship, technology integration, math, awesomeness. Really, this is kind of a thing to help you take care of all those things that are happening that feel like one more thing. Let's have a conversation about computer science standards, because I know that's definitely a thing this year in in the state of Indiana. We've got the DOE putting out these standards that we have to follow because there's a thing called iLearn and they're going to be a thing on that. Did you know that all of the computer science standards are being tested in fourth and sixth grade this year? All of them? All of them. How many are there? Well, there are five categories. The DOE breaks them into five categories. And depending on the grade level, I'd say there's mm, 12 to 15 standards. Yeah, that's a lot of things. Yeah. You know, one of the ones that I look at and can see right away is the impacting culture, which is basically digital citizenship. And I think digital citizenship is another thing. And it's one of those things we really have to look at because... It's not going away. In fact, I think we could probably end the word digital when it comes to digital citizenship and just call this citizenship for today's world. Right. It's a digital world. So if we just talk about citizenship, we're kind of covering all aspects. And as a librarian, my heart is always in using information wisely, making sure that you know where information comes from, where the source is, so that... Hopefully in the future, if you share that information, it's quality, it's authentic, it's real, it's not fake news. So I think maybe digital citizenship is one of those standards that we can easily see the benefit of building that into our classrooms. Sure. It's interesting that you said the word real. I don't know if you read the news over the weekend. Facebook had another data security breach that affected 40 to 50 million people with their information getting out there. So it is absolutely relevant and something that we should be talking to our kids about because it impacts us in our everyday life. I was one of those affected. It made me log back in, and then it said, don't worry, you don't have to change your password. Oh, yes, I do. I am changing it anyway, and I think that we should be in a pattern of changing passwords, as annoying as they are, to try to re-remember. Also, just a little pro tip here, don't write them on a Post-it note and stick them on your computer monitor where everybody can see them. Just, Just a thought. Oh, Lena, I'm taking all mine off right now and throwing them away in the trash since you said that. Mm, I kid, I kid. How do you do your passwords, Tim? Give us some kind of cool math thing that we could do for to make a complex password that's easy to remember. Because I Okay, I'm going to tell you what I do, and then I'm going to go change all my passwords immediately because I'm going to tell you this. I use my birthday or my son's birthday or my dog's birthday. Like, I use a lot of birthdays. That's probably not smart. Is there a way to, yeah, like... Yeah, I wouldn't recommend using something that's personal to you, like a birthday. So maybe think about using some sort of number sequence that just makes sense to you, followed with a word that you can easily associate with. Hey, well, that's our first digital citizenship tip of the Let's podcast is uh, don't use your birthday, note to self, and uh, maybe combining two sets of dates in a way that would be random to anybody else but makes sense to you so you don't forget them. Yes. And I know many of you are listening to this right now thinking, well, duh, we know that, we don't do it. But how are you going to convey that to your students? You know, you've got five, six, seven, 12-year-olds that don't really know this. So how can we talk to them about a number that they can remember? Because let's face it, they don't remember a lot of things. But how can they remember this password that's important to them, but it's not too personal? Yeah, good thought. 
If you have any great ideas on how you do that with your kids in your classroom, um, send an email to Lena Darnay and uh, put in the subject line, let's podcast password ideas, and we'll maybe share them on a future show. Great idea. Let's try this. Erin, do you have that email to the Let's team? Yes. Dear Let's team, help. We are looking at the three through five computer science standards. Oh my, they seem overwhelming. The vocabulary alone is a lot to digest. Do you have any suggestions on how to integrate some of this language into our teaching so that it doesn't seem so isolated? Sincerely, a fourth grade team. How about algorithms? I think that's one that's easy to start with. Tim, what's an algorithm? So a lot of times when we hear the word algorithm, we're thinking of something in math, like the division algorithm or multiplication algorithm. But really, it's just a set of rules or a process of, of doing something, step-by-step instructions, if you will. So algorithms can, can be found in pretty much every content area we teach. I know when I hear algorithm, I automatically jump to math. But when you put it that way, I start thinking of other things that we do step-by-step. Do you have an example of something that we could rename an algorithm so our kids start to hear that word and understand what it is? Well, I I think science, for example, with the scientific method, it is step-by-step in the way that you hypothesize and you um, evaluate and you do different things in an order. We could call that an algorithm. Absolutely. I think even something as simple as saying that the uh, directions for an activity are the algorithm for completing the activity. Our procedures for walking down the hall, it's an algorithm for completing a successful walk to gym. And so if we just use the word algorithm in our daily class vocabulary, now the students start to see that that's not an unfamiliar word. It just means a set of steps. Yeah, and we think algorithm solving problems, but solving problems isn't limited to math. It's also found, as Aaron said, uh, in science classes or whether I'm writing a paper and I have a step-by-step process I have to follow for that paper. So those all relate to algorithms. But I think the key takeaway with vocabulary in general is using it in context. So if we're using it with our students, they're going to start to develop that, that understanding of what those words are. I think that's excellent. And as you are looking through those computer science standards, if you come across some of the language that's unfamiliar to you, because we are all computer science learners at this point, uh, make sure you send us an email um, or message me on Twitter at DarnGoodReads, and uh, we will put your question on a future show. Let's try this. So the Let's Try This Triers of the Week are... Eagle Creek Elementary School. At their recent literacy night, I saw pictures of students who were building structures for the three little pigs. So it looks like they were trying to combine literacy with the engineering design process and did an amazing job. That's awesome. Good job, Triers. Let's try this. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Let's Try This podcast. Be sure to join us next time for more fun things to try. I'm Lena Darnay, District Instructional Technology Specialist. You can follow me on Twitter at DarnGoodReads. I'm Erin Naylor, District STEM Specialist. Follow me on Twitter at Pike STEM Lady. I'm Tim Davidson, Pike District Math Specialist. Follow me on Twitter at PikeMath. The Let's Try This podcast is created using GarageBand, and our music is by Boxcat Games from the Free Music Archive.